In uh, preparations for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 66 to 71. I repeat, John chapter 6, verses 66 to 71. Please open your Bibles to that portion of Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let us all rise in reverence to the Word of God. And verse 66, After this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walk with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. And verse 71, last verse, He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. And once again, may I call Dr. Ed for the message. Good morning. I appreciate the effort you made walking here. Well, there's nothing really special about that because there are a lot of people walking, right? So you're not better than them or what? Reverse. The title of today's message is, Where Else Can We Go? But the more exact is, To Whom Else Shall We Go? It just, Where Else Can We Go? sounds like more familiar to us. Where Else Can We Go? And today's sermon is based on John chapter 6, 66-71. Now the crowd who wanted to make him king, most probably because of the miracle of the multiplication of food, would turn away. They experienced being fed 5,000 men. We don't know how many women and children. But 5,000 men was the record that was fed from a few loaves of bread and a few pieces of fish. They would be fed. It was a miracle. And they wanted to make him king. And of course, the Lord withdrew from the crowd who wanted to make him king. They went to across the sea or across the lake to another place named Capernaum in which the crowd sought him, followed him. And when they saw him, a sign of respect, Rabbi, a sign of respect. Then the Lord revealed their intentions that, well, I know why you're here. You're here because you ate the bread. And somehow, as we have said, many want to follow the Lord because of what they can gain on a physical or material angle rather than 
the more important ones like eternal life, they labored hard to follow him. And Jesus said, do not labor for food that perishes. Because if you eat that, you'll be hungry again. What you should work for with me, I'm putting it in context, is a food that gives eternal life. And then the crowd said, what sign will you give us? Of course, I'm trying to be concise with the story. Please read the story yourself from John chapter 6, verse 1. Better yet, start from chapter 1, verse 1, all the way here to have the proper context. They have seen the signs. They've experienced one of the signs. Then they mentioned the manna in the wilderness. For 40 years, Israel roamed the wilderness, but God miraculously provided food for them. In the morning, they would gather the food, and it tasted like sweet pancakes. They ate that. It was provided. They didn't have to work for it for 40 years. And these people mentioned that. Well, it sort of gives us a supporting evidence to what Jesus said that you came here because you ate the bread. They followed him. They worked hard at finding him, looking for him. But then the Lord Jesus would mention, well, you see, there's the bread, the manna from heaven came from my father. Because the words they were saying, the words they were saying then in that, in that background, in that culture, was Moses gave us the bread. Moses gave us the manna. So Jesus was saying, it wasn't Moses, it's, it's my father. Let me put a side note here that we preachers simply deliver the word of God. Our role is to clarify it and deliver it. We do not give the blessing. It is the Lord, the father who gives that blessing as Moses was merely an instrument. Every person, every blessing in our lives, whether a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, we're only used by God. We have only one person that we should be faithful to, and that is God and his word. But we are thankful to him with the people that he gives around us. They, the people were sort of more loyal sounding, this is just me, to Moses than the father. And that we must be careful as well. And uh, there was this long discussion that the fathers in the wilderness, the ancestors ate the manna, but they still died. But the one I give you, the bread who is me, gives eternal life. Now the Lord was speaking in figures of speech and metaphor, and often he would speak in parables so that's why those who are listening must be careful to decipher what is the Lord saying. Then he speaks about eating my flesh because he was still connecting it to the manna. But he did explain it in verse 35, 36, 37, that it is believing in him, eating his flesh, in having and drinking his blood, is believing 
in him. And of course, when we have Holy Communion, it is just a remembrance of what he did. Now, the people found it difficult to listen to. Because the Lord said, well, I am the bread, so you have to eat me. They were not listening to the fine points of what the Lord is teaching. And sometimes we are like that, not only when it comes to teaching the Bible or listening to the Bible, but even to one another. We're not good in listening to the details of what people are saying. Sometimes we just want to hear what we want to hear. We're selective rather than being focused on every detail and understanding these details. The Lord made it clear already what it meant. Now, they could not receive the teaching very well. The teachings were difficult. Well, some of these teachings include that Jesus is the true bread from heaven, and he came down from heaven. Oh, gee, don't we know his father? Oh, that was hard. Then he gives eternal life. Then they should eat his flesh and drink his blood. But again, it has been explained what it all meant. It's believing in him. And later on, he will speak about the new covenant as Moses gave. Through Moses, the father gave a covenant. So God gives a covenant through Jesus Christ. Now, there's another hard saying for us in the present generation when we study this. There's another hard saying here because Jesus would say whenever they grumbled and complained and did not believe. What did Jesus say? How did Jesus explain it and say, you don't have to grumble. The reason you don't believe, I'm paraphrasing, is because the father has not drawn you. Another verse, verse 65, that's verse 44, verse 65, because the Father has not granted it to you. That's why you cannot understand. That, that's why we pray for others. Because our explanations might be good, but we know it's limited. Unless the Father opens the minds of people, they cannot understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Point number one, they turned back. The many so-called disciples stopped following the Son of God because of his difficult teachings. They found it difficult to listen to. Then the Lord asked the twelve if they wanted to join the crowd of going away. Let's read verse, verses 66 and 67. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. After what? The difficult teachings. They turned back. A few thousand of them turned back. Wow. Does this, does this still happen in modern times? That people want to follow Jesus because they think, their needs will be answered. Or they only follow Jesus when they have a crisis. They have problems. That's, the, that's when they learn to pray. That's when they learn to listen to, to people who teach God's word. But once the crisis is gone, 
you see them gone as well. They were hoping to get a miracle, another miracle perhaps, maybe a miracle that daily there'll be bread and fish on their table. Take note, bread then is like rice to us, okay? Bread to them, it's like rice to us. Wow, is it expensive now? Oh, gee. If we were the setting of the Son of God, he would say he was the rice from heaven. Okay. Now, they left. Now, what did the Lord do? Did he say, hey, chase them, bring them back. They're running away. Wait, 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 let me explain, let me explain. It's not that hard. Did he? No, he didn't. But the modern gospel preachers seem to make it easier. All you have to do is repeat the prayer. They don't talk about genuine faith, genuine repentance. The emphasis should be there. Seldom is it explained the significance of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ. The focus should be there. We have to say there is no eternal life with anyone else except Jesus Christ. We will try to explain, but unless the Father opens the minds, we cannot, they cannot really perceive it. They cannot see it. It is still aligned to what? John chapter 3. Unless a man is born again or born from above, born of the Father, he cannot see. Those are different translations from the Greek. Born again, born from above, or born of the Father. And that's John 1.12, born of God. This is consistent. John, the writer, is consistent in saying, unless the Father draws you. Verse 65 is stronger under, unless the Father grants it. Now he talks to the 12. Oh, how about you? I'm paraphrasing. How about you? You're not going away? You want to join them? Hmm? Where are the others? They're just afraid of a little walk? No, just kidding. <laughs> I love you, brothers and sisters at home. <laughs> I know you're at home watching faithfully by God's grace. Just a joke. Just a joke. Because it's so crowded here today in Nagas City. And our street is one of the streets that were blocked off. So. Do you want to go away as well? Now today, because we have a cheap gospel, which is not the real gospel being preached, it's a gospel of provision, a gospel of everything's going to be all right, a gospel of self-esteem, a gospel of prosperity, which is a false gospel. So people follow in a pseudo manner what is a pseudo fake manner, fake followers. So when they're, they're disappointed with a little thing, they're gone. They're gone. 
You see, it was a matter of time before they stopped following the Lord. Why? Their motives were not right. They didn't really follow him because they knew he was the Messiah. They followed him, as Jesus said, because you ate the bread. They initially seemed more interested in making him king, but their interest was more in the food that they can eat. They turned back. Number two, let's look at the words of eternal life. Now, when Jesus has the 12, aren't you going? Peter quickly responded to the Lord's question. The Lord's question sounded like a challenge and Peter answered, and you know, Peter is like the one in the classroom who always raises his hand first. And you see that in, not only in John, but in the different other accounts of the gospel. And Peter was really the first to say something. And this one, he got it right. All right. One time he didn't get it right. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. All right. So this time he got it right. Okay. Just like in the growth group, there are those who want to answer first. It's 50-50, correct, wrong. <laughs> sometimes they got it. Sometimes it's... Where did you get that? I mean, it's fully out of context. Did you read that somewhere and try to fit it in? We don't do that. We allow the text to speak for itself. We don't get information from everywhere and try to fit it in. That's wrong. And sometimes in the growth group meetings, okay, well, where did that come from? In Filipino, may hugot kung saan galing, di ko alam. And sometimes it's a good pull up from somewhere. It Sort of, yeah, it might fit, but sometimes it's really far, far away. It's just like, hey man, Pluto's no longer a planet. And they keep saying it's a planet. And sometimes when we're discussing, it's really off the mark. But Peter got it right this time. And what did he get right? Let's read verses 68 and 69. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Wow. <laughs> you want to go away? Wow, it's a challenge. Sounded like a challenge. Or maybe a sort of, a sort of a mentor's mockery. It's like, are you giving up now? Well, coaches do that, right? Basketball. Oh, you surrender now just because of that practice? You're so tired. How can you be a good player? So it's more of like that. Now, were you going? But this is more serious because it's about eternal life. Whom shall we go? And what did he say? You have the words of eternal life. Now, why did Peter get it? And he said, verse 69, and we have believed and have come to know that you you are the Holy One of God. And John, the writer, used this conversation to introduce to us another title of Christ, the Holy One of God. But let's look at the answer of Peter. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Where did he get this? He got this from what Jesus was just teaching them. Jesus was teaching them that the Spirit gives life and the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. 
And Peter got it from the context of what Jesus was teaching. Friends, that's how to study scripture. Don't pull up something amazing. You don't need that. What you need is to be accurate like Peter. Here in this example, where did he get it? From the words of Christ himself. Take note, from the words of Christ himself. And it is better to teach the words of Christ or biblical words, use biblical words, rather than trying to spin it off to something, some high philosophical thought, which is not always wrong, but it's better to be more accurate like Peter was here. Remember, the author is very consistent from the start, and that's how to study John. The author, well, who is John the Beloved, the son of Zebedee, highlighted another description of the Lord. He is the Holy One of God. What does that mean? The one set apart for God's purpose. And God's purpose was for him to be sacrificed as the Lamb of God, one who will suffer for the sins of many, and one who will die because the wages of sin is death, because the consequence of sin is separation from God, but he will rise in for the purpose of what? Forgiving us eternal life. He must sacrifice himself. Again, in simple terms, the Holy One of God, the chosen one for the special purpose of the salvation of mankind. Now, Let's go to an interesting topic because somehow the, the writer kept emphasizing again and again and again in John chapter 6, three times, minimum three times, the, the people grumbled and they complained. They did not believe. Three times the Lord had to explain. Three times the Lord had to say, it is through the Father. One, you don't believe because those who believe are God, the Father's gift to me. Another time he said, unless the Father draws you, unless the Father draws a person, and the last in verse 65, unless it is granted to him. But then there's a repetition of a discussion, and this is about one of the most famous characters in the Bible. His name, Judas Iscariot. You know, the New Testament, right? Because Judas became so popular. And they had friends named Judas as well. So they said Judas was there. Called parenthesis, not Iscariot. <laughs> yeah, you could find that in some parts of Scripture. They had to clarify. Okay, not Iscariot. He did not rise again from the dead. No, he died. Now, Jesus responded to Peter's response. So there's a conversation where, why don't you go? Are, are you going with him? And Peter said, where? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? We believe who you are. We believe. And he used the words of Christ. Then Jesus responded. Let's read verses 70 and 71. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you the twelve? Now, somehow Jesus is making a separation. Okay. Choose you the twelve, and yet not one of you is a devil. Take note. The separation I was talking about, this is not chosen for salvation, but chosen to be with me. Have I not chosen you, the twelve, and one of you 
is a devil. So there is a basis to call people devil, right? In Filipino, they say, demonyo ka. You hear that once in a while, right? Especially for the lolos and lolas. When the kids don't follow, demonyo ka, or demonyito ka. So, uh, Now he spoke, verse 71, of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So the Lord Jesus knew. Take note. When Jesus mentioned it in earlier verses, in the earlier verses, that, hey, well, he didn't say, hey, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, again. So they were complaining, grumbling, they don't believe. And then John put in parenthesis, Jesus said this, that, well, unless the Father grants it. Then in parenthesis, for he knew those who do not believe, and he knew the one who would betray him. He knew from the start the purpose and function and destiny of Judas Iscariot. I want to say thank you, Lord that I was not destined to be Judas? Are you thankful as well? Imagine playing that role. It was not granted to him to believe. Read the earlier verse. It wasn't granted to him. Yet one would betray him. Now, the response of Peter was as if he's speaking for the twelve. To whom shall we go? Huh? To whom shall we? He was as if leader, right? Class president. <laughs> Talking to the teacher. Say, oh, well, ma'am, we sort of request you to uh, extend the deadline of the assignment. We agree as a class. <laughs> and you know, sometimes that works on teachers, Okay. Sometimes it doesn't because you did it for the third time, right? So it doesn't work anymore. So they say, no, 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 this time you finish it. Okay, but this is like being leader. We, where shall we go? But Jesus said, hmm, you're talking of everyone? Hmm, not everyone, Peter. And G John understood the conversation before. Right now when he wrote John, he had these notes Already that he knew. That's why he said those things. He knew. Now Jesus walked with the 12 disciples. Come on. But one would fulfill the worst role in history. What was that role? A significant role. Part of the preparation for the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. There had to be a Judas, all right? There had to be. It was prophesied in the Psalms already. It was written, and in the book of Acts, for chapter 1, the apostles believed that he was meant to fulfill the part. They actually believed it. He wasn't somebody that genuine and he suddenly lost his way. No, they actually believed he was meant to fulfill that part. Now, for me, that was a hard saying. I have only grown to accept it after a decade, more than a decade of being a believer. Well, how the more we study, it's hard to, you try to harmonize the things you learn. 
And then the truth sets us free to believe in what is written. Now, Jesus walked with the twelve but knew that Judas was not genuine. Although Jesus did not walk away with the crowd, his intentions were more earthly. According to Jesus, the scriptures must be fulfilled. Judas would betray him. Allow me to read John 13 verse 18. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. And this is the context of chapter 13 is they were together, not the big group, a smaller group. The one who eats with him there would betray me. What did Jesus say? Scripture will be fulfilled. The author of the Gospel of John would reveal that Judas was a thief, according to the writer. Judas was a thief. The words of Judas seem to promote the welfare of people experiencing poverty, but he helps himself helped himself with their funds. If you want a reference, you can look at John 12, 5 to 6. <clears throat> now, somebody gave a, a personal offering to the Lord of a very fragrant perfume. And uh, Judas said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Wow. Sounds like he's really had a good ministry, right? He really is concerned. But then uh, he said this, according to John, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag. Oh, he's the treasurer. I'm not saying treasurers are Judas. Uh, no, but you can be tempted to be one. <laughs> That's why it's better to have two or three watching over it. He was in charge of the money bag and he used to help himself to what was put into it. Yeah, perhaps he would still give to the poor, but he'd get a little for himself. Okay. So be careful with ministries who take a lot of pictures of the poor to promote their own ministry. You would want, what do you want from them? Transparency and accounting. What's the money coming in? How it is spent? How are you using the money being put there as well? We want that transparency. In fact, what did the Bible say in Matthew? Jesus said, well, if you want to help, don't let your right tell the left what you're doing. Just help and shut up, right? Oh, 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 this angle, this angle. But we can make it sound nice, right? Just be careful if you're into that. Please, don't stop. But just be careful how you handle it. Not to promote yourself. You can mobilize. There's nothing wrong. But Judas, we know helped himself. Now, he wasn't real. Huh, such difficult sayings. So may I ask you, with all these difficult teachings, will you go away? 
Well, the door is there. There's a lot of food out there. No. Like Peter, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Why do we follow Jesus? Um, well, let's go to application. Number one, we keep following. Let's not like be like the others who stop following because their motives were impure. Many who wanted to make Jesus king turned away because they found the teachings difficult. Their motives leaned on the temporal rather than the eternal, no matter how difficult the path or the learnings. Let us be determined to keep following our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, know the reason why you're following. Why, is it the bread? Or is it just because you have friends? If you turn the church into, well, we are social beings. But if you do not make Christ the center, then it's just a social club. But do we do socialization? Definitely. Every time we gather, every time somebody invites for a small uh, birthday party, it's a social exercise. Every time we have events here, they're all social exercises. However, if Christ is not the center, our activities are just social activities and not the activities of the body of Christ. We have to know the reason why we follow. Peter responded perfectly to Christ's challenge. Do you want to go as well? Peter knew there was nowhere else to go. Christ has the words of life. Why do we follow? I know for me why I follow because there's no one else who has eternal life, who gives eternal life. No one else. No one else. They can have wonderful lessons, life lessons, teachings to improve your life, but not on the level of eternal life. Only Christ spoke at that level. The Lord Jesus Christ has the words, and that's why we do not ignore the Bible. And lastly, let us be faithful, a faithful, let's be a faithful follower. Judas seemed to follow Jesus on the external, on the outside he was following. But on the internal, he was in it for the earthly benefits. Let us not follow Christ for earthly or selfish benefits. We pray. That's why Jesus, you said about, well, let me use another verse in this application side. When, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What was the context there? If you read earlier, what did he say? You cannot serve both God and mammon. You cannot serve both God and the God of money at the same time. You serve only God. That's why seek first the kingdom of God. But what was Jesus saying is this. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what you need, God will provide that moment you need it. Not the way we think we need it, but how he sees it. 
Because sometimes the answer to our prayers from God is not exactly the way we want it. Sometimes it's arranged differently. There is where we must trust that God is sovereign. And how he answers our requests and our needs, we have to trust in him. Even the trials, scriptures say about so much about the testing of our faith produces endurance. The testing of our faith. We hear about the stories, we read about the story, especially the story of Joseph and even Jacob. The suffering they had to go through knowing, now knowing because we studied it, that God has a plan and purpose for everything. We do not know everything. Some are the consequences of what we've done to discipline us. Sometimes it is the trial is simply to shape us, to strengthen us. Sometimes it's both. God has a purpose. We will follow no matter what. Because our eyes are not on the blessings. Our eyes are on Christ himself. Let us not follow for earthly or selfish benefits. Let us follow him because of who he is. He is the son of God. He is God. He is the word that became flesh. And he has the words of eternal life. Piece of poetry with a title with a title where else can we go the crowd would leave as expected his hard sayings they rejected quick to follow and quick to leave but slow to listen and perceive the lord jesus challenged the 12 thus we reflect within ourselves do you wish to turn away too? This is also for me and you. Shall we follow the crowd today or shall we remain true and stay? Like Peter, we say, where else then? We are careful with whom we blend. We would rather follow the Lord and believe in his every word. Not the crowd of fake followers, but the core of true believers. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your word. Our desire is to follow you no matter what. We follow not merely because of the blessings. We follow because of who you are. And there's nowhere else to go. Who gives the words of eternal life except you? So we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Good morning. Please greet one another before you come.